All right, I want to speak tonight on the subject, Languages of the Holy Spirit. Now, that may be a strange title to you because you may think, well, are you talking about my language of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's, it's kind of a two-way thing. If you're going to have a conversation with the Lord, you need to know, first of all, how he talks to you, and then you also need to know how you talk to him. And so what I'm going to focus on more so than anything tonight is the way that the Holy Spirit talks to you. And it's also going to deal with some of the ways that you talk to him. But I want to show you how the Holy Spirit wants to deal with you. Now, we're going to end up talking about seven different types of languages. So you're going to want to take notes. I'm telling you that up front. You will not be able to remember it all. So go ahead and get out your phone or your pen, your pen and pad, however you like to take notes, because we're going to deal with seven types of languages. And some of these are extremely unique. And you may realize that you have a spiritual gift that you weren't recognizing. You may, under, you may go home with an understanding, wow, I'm a little more spiritual than I thought I was because this is actually happening in my life. And I'm gonna show you some other things that will allow you to become more, uh, more spiritual in your walk with the Lord and in your life in the Spirit. So we're gonna talk about these particular seven languages, okay? So here's the first one we're going to identify is the, the language of rhema. The next one we're gonna talk about is the language of groaning or groans. The next thing we're going to talk about is the language of laughter. And I'm praying, I don't know if it'll happen in this service or not, but I'm praying for the body of Christ right now that our joy would be restored. It's been zapped out of us in the last couple of years. We have heard more bad news than good news, and I'm not seeing the same joy in the Holy Ghost that I used to see. And we cannot lose that joy because that's where our strength is. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We cannot lose the joy in worship. We we cannot lose the joy in the word. We cannot lose the joy in prayer. If we lose our joy, we are walking, we are limping, and we become anemic and weak if we allow the enemy to take our joy because we're living in a state of oppression all the time. So the Holy Spirit has the language of laughter, and we're going to talk about that. All right, also the language of visions, the language of dreams, the language of peace, and then finally, the language of words. And you can see that i got to move fast. I can't spit. I could do a whole sermon on any one of these. And so you may hear some more of this later. Let's first of all talk about the language of rhema. For those of you that are unfamiliar with this term, the, the word rhema comes from God guiding you through the word of God. So if you take your Bible in your hand, if you have, your, if you have your, your Bible in your hand, I've got my electronic Bible up here, but take your Bible in your hand. I just want you to look at the page for a moment. Here's how rhema works. Everything you're looking at is logos. That's a, that's a, a written word. And that written word will, will take on a voice and speak to you. And that's called rhema. So when I read the Bible and something jumps off the page, and I know that was a word from God for me, that means that God just gave me a rhema. And my whole life, rhema has been one of the most common ways that the Holy Spirit has guided me at every juncture of my life, at every single major decision of my life. I would not walk, I would not make a move. Ask my redhead, she'll tell you. I would not make a move until the Word of God gave me a rhema. I've got scriptures all over my house right now. I've got scriptures all over my office. I've got an altar up in my house that is filled with scriptures because when the Lord gives me a word, I hold on to that word. I write down that word. I've got every single prophecy 
that I feel like the Lord has given to me, I have written in my journal, and I still go back and read those prophecies because if I really believe it was from the Lord and it hasn't happened, I'm still waiting on it to happen, but I don't believe every prophecy that I get. I don't believe, you can give me all the words you want, and this is not to make anybody feel bad, but you can give me a word all the time. What you don't know is I get about 100 a week from a lot of people. And so yours is in the pile. If I haven't responded, it's because it's in the pile. Because I get so many, and the only ones that I can act on is the ones I get Rhema to confirm it with. Because it's easy for you to get a word, but it's harder for you to get a word for me. It's one thing for you to get a word, but it's another thing for you to get a word for somebody else. And that is a very rare spiritual gift that's also very addictive. And you gotta be careful with that spiritual gift because it's empowering when people start coming to you instead of coming to the word. And you need to understand that you're gonna get words of God, but when you get a word from God, and there's some, there's some very sincere people that give me words, and many times I know they're dead on because the Lord gives me a rhema to confirm it. So here's what you have to do when you get a word from the Lord, because I, I get a lot of words from the Lord from a lot of different people that, you know, God said this, and God told me to tell you this, and I mean, I get it from pastors, I get it from all over the place. They, they come in daily, literally daily, into my life. And it's so much that you can't really sort them. There's so many things, and they're not all the same. They're all saying all kinds of things. And if I, if I, if I just jumped at every one of them, I would be absolutely schizophrenic. And it would look like God was as schizophrenic as I was. Because it's like God said this and this and this. And I would, all I would do is all these things that don't go together. But when I get one, I don't, I don't chunk them. I don't trash them. I don't even file them. I pray over them. And I say, Lord, if this is something that you want me to know, you will confirm it with your word. And when he does, I'll be reading the Bible and something will jump off the page right at me and I will know that is God's confirmation on the prophetic word that he just gave me through somebody else. And that's many times how, now sometimes God needs to use somebody else to get your word because you're too busy to get your own. Sometimes God needs somebody else who has a prayer life, who's listening because you're not hearing it and God's wanting to get, God's wanting to get that word too. Uh, let me just give you one word, of, one word of caution about Rhema. Don't play Bible roulette. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what the game of roulette is where you spin the gun and you, and you pull the trigger with a dangerous game and you're, you're playing with chance in case there's a bullet in there? Well, Bible roulette works about the same way. If you just say, okay, God, what's your word? Flip, flip, flip. Here it is. You might just go, you might read down there and say Judas went out and hung himself. I mean, so don't do that. So don't, don't play Bible roulette. You never know what you're going to get. Let God draw it to you. Now, I don't know how it works for you. But it's a very strange way for me. God will give me the, the book, the chapter, and the verse. And I might not even know what it is. I might, even, might, might not even know what that word is, but that's how it works with me. So I'm not saying that it works with everybody that way. Sometimes when the Lord draws you with Raymond, you're just reading, and there it is. Your word is there. But for me... I will get up usually early in the morning because Faith and I get up very early long before the sun gets up, and that's when I do my prayer time in the morning. And many times when I wake up, when my feet hit the floor, I have a scripture in, in my heart, and I know I have to go look it up. And that's how it happens for me. And I don't know why, but the book of Isaiah is probably 
of the ramas that I get are from the book of Isaiah. Maybe you have a familiar book like that that God speaks to you, but that's the one for me. And God will take one phrase that Isaiah said, and I realize that's something that he's applying to my life right here and right now. And so a rhema word is how God speaks to you through the logos, through the written word, and he allows it to jump out on you and uh, jump out, well, I guess on you is, is good enough. He jump out into your spirit and, and it illuminates. Now I've heard some people say that when they read the Bible, it's almost like a highlighter's there. In their spirit, they can actually see it. Does it work like that for anybody else? A few, a few of you are raising your hand. So for some people, when they read the Bible, it's like a highlighter. It's like God has put this highlighter in certain, and I've heard other people say it's like words on the page raise up. Has anybody ever experienced that before? Lots of you have. So it's like I'm reading the word of God and all of a sudden words on the page raise up. That's a rhema. So when you get a rhema, don't treat it as candy. Don't just chew it and throw away the wrapper. When you get a rhema, write it down, date it. God just spoke to you. I've had a lot of people that come into spirit-filled camps and they say, one thing that I'll never understand about spirit-filled people is the Holy Spirit will give out a prophecy and nobody will even write it down. The word, I've even heard tongues and interpretation, and it's just like we just treat it like, okay, well, thank you, Jesus. We clap our hands a little bit and get a little excited, and then we forget about it. Now, at Twin Rivers, we actually taped it and wrote it down and held the speaker accountable for it because we believe that if you're going to disrupt the service with a word from the Lord, it needs to be very genuine. And it wasn't the fear of the Lord that we were trying to put in everybody. It's just something that I would get up and read and as the pastor, I would get up and read it, and we would put dates on it. And let me tell you, a lot of those came to pass with absolute precision. And it was the word of the Lord. It was very real. But we cannot treat the word of the Lord frivolously. We cannot treat it loosely and casually because he's a king, and he's God, and he's speaking to us. Okay, let's go into the next one. I, could just, I told you I could preach a whole sermon on all of these. The next one is on groanings. Now, this is probably one of my favorite ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to me and allows me to speak to him. Not because I'm a groaner, because I'm really not, but when I get in the most desperate moments of my life and I run out of words, I know that I do not need words to reach God. Have you ever felt like you just did not have the words to reach God? You needed to pray, but there was you have no idea what to say. Anybody besides me ever been so confused with life that was like, God, really, I have no idea what to do next. Unless you give me a word, I have no word. I have no idea what to do next. That's going to happen over and over in your life. But I love this passage in Romans where it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps, our, helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's almost like the Holy Spirit says, let me talk. You, know, you, you don't have to say anything. Just let me talk. You're getting so caught up in your prayer language. You're getting so caught up in your articulation. Why don't you just groan and let me talk? And you know what happens when you do that? Now, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because, look at this, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that amazing? that when I don't know how to pray and all I can do is moan and all I can do is groan, that is when I am praying the perfect will of God into my life. 
I mean, when I think I'm saying nothing, that's when I'm saying absolutely everything I need to be saying. So don't be afraid to just get in his presence, a ball up in a knot if you have to, and you don't have any words, but you just moan and groan. If you don't know how to do that, you might just go off somewhere and practice it, because you're going to need it one of these days. There was an old preacher that I used to love to hear preach at camp, and he said, if you're worried about shouting, go off and practice, so when you get in the presence of God, you, you won't be ashamed to do it. And I thought, is that not a funny thing to say? And then I, taught, I, went, to, um, I went to Bethel School, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I went there, and I interviewed a lot of their students. I stayed there for for a week, just staying on their campus, walking in their classes. And I come across some students that said, I said, what do you, what's in your agenda today? Because I interviewed tons of students. And I was just journaling everything. I was just trying to figure out how the whole thing works. And one of the students said, well, in my class today, we're practicing our spiritual gifts. I said, how does that work? They said, well, we're going to go in the room, and we're going to actually rehearse our spiritual gifts. And I, they said, we probably won't get it right, but if we don't take baby steps, we're never going to grow into our spiritual gifts. We have to start somewhere. So we create a safe environment for us to try to move in the Spirit and start with baby steps. And I thought, why hasn't someone else thought of that? Because how many times do we dismiss someone who's trying to take a baby step in a spiritual gift? How many times do we just dismiss someone and say, you know, you got to start. Maybe that wasn't the, the kind of prayer you wanted to pray, but thank God you're praying. Maybe that wasn't the prophecy. Maybe you misquoted a scripture. Who cares? You know, we can look that up. But the fact that you're trying, the fact that you're growing, the fact that you, you your spiritual language sounds like goo goo dada, that's it's okay. Say goo goo dada till you get another word. Because the more you exercise your gift, the more that gift will grow in you. So start somewhere. Start somewhere discerning. Start somewhere praying for the sick. That doesn't mean you're going to start. A, that doesn't mean you're going to start a healing crusade because you have the gift of healing. But you got to start with a headache, or you got to start with something somewhere, and then grow into greater faith. You may have the gift of miracles, but that may not. Be be the miracle you think. You know, you're wanting, to, you're wanting to see blinded eyes open. That might happen later, but you might have to pray in a check for somebody first, and that's a miracle. If you've ever needed one, you know it was a miracle. So you got to start somewhere growing in your spiritual gifts. So understand that when we are groaning in the Spirit, we don't have words to say, but it's a very spiritual place. Now, that may, not, that may sound odd to humans, but if you were a whale, you'd understand it. Because when a whale doesn't speak in the same kind of language that we speak in, but when a whale is in trouble, he sends out a moan and a groan on a sonar, and every other whale comes to his aid. It is like GPS. And when you are in trouble and you don't have a word left and you send out a moan and a groan to the Holy Spirit, that is a GPS. And he comes right to where you are and he begins to say what you can't say and pray what you can't pray. All you can do is moan, but in heaven, they're hearing the best prayer you have ever prayed because he is interceding for you in this, according to the perfect will of God. If you believe that, put your hands together and give God praise. A wounded dolphin groans, and it's a signal for other dolphins to come for help. A wounded deer groans, and it pinpoints their location. In the animal kingdom, they understand you don't have to say a lot. All you have to do is say help. 
and maybe that's all you're saying and you're grown. Don't be afraid if you're not flowing in a spiritual gift and you, your hand's not shaking, your eyes aren't twitching, and you don't see you know, oil coming out of your head yet. Don't worry, you'll get there. You might get there eventually, but start somewhere, even if you start with a moan, because a moan and a groan can get you what God wants to give you. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. So let's go to the next one. Let's talk about the language of laughter. Now this one is found more prominently in the New Testament. It is in the Old Testament, but this is the verse that I love to talk about when you talk about the language of laughter. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, that you have, you have uh, hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, for it, is, it seemed good in your sight. Now, this is when the 70 returned and told Jesus that they casted out demons. All right, so when the 70, he sent out the 70, they returned, and they said, we were able to cast out demons. And the Lord got so excited, Jesus got so excited, that the Bible says in the Greek, agaleo, which means to jump up and down with laughter. So if you were there when it happened, and the 70 returned, this is what Jesus did. He said, yes, I knew it would happen. You're my representatives. I mean, just like that. He is laughing, and this is what that word means, to turn around in a circle, jumping up and down while you're laughing. That's what it means. It's, not, it's a belly laugh. You know what I mean when I tell you a belly laugh? It's a belly laugh. He is jumping up and down and turning around in a circle and laughing out loud because this is what he says. If I read the rest of that scripture, it would really excite you because they came back and they said, we were able to cast out demons, and he said, oh, yeah. I was there. I saw Satan cast out of heaven. He fell like lightning. That's what the rest of that passage tells you. I was there. I saw him come out. He looked like a lightning bolt when he left. He said, yes, and you have the same power. That's when he was cast out of heaven, and you can cast him out of any temple by speaking the word of Jesus, by speaking the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus, and Jesus got so excited. He said, I haven't even gone to the cross yet and you're already casting out demons. I haven't even rose from the dead yet, and you're already casting out demons. You haven't even gone to the upper room yet, and you're casting out demons. Yes, you look like babes, but you've got the name of Jesus, and you've got the power of Jesus, and you've got the authority of Jesus. And he was so excited, he was jumping up and down and laughing about it. I want to tell you this lady's name. I hope she's watching, watching tonight. There was a lady in our church had fallen upon such deep depression that she had had some trouble in her family and it got to her to the place that she could no longer function. And if you ever know what the spiral of depression looks like, if you don't get a grip on it early, you gotta conquer it before it conquers you. Because if you don't get a grip on it, you will keep going down the spiral. And you'll see all the signs, but you'll get so far down you won't know how to get out. So when you see it early, don't ignore it. Get help then, get prayer then, do something then, talk to somebody then, reach out to somebody because it just keeps going down. 
And after a while, see, a lot of people don't know the difference between depression and oppression. Let me just tell you, it starts off with depression. And when you get down here, it turns into oppression because you've given in. And I realize there's a lot of things that are so sad in life and a lot of things that are, that are so overwhelming in life that it's easy for us to fall into those places. And this particular young lady had gone through something tragic in her family, and she just couldn't bounce back. She got to a place that she, she um, locked herself in a room. She'd stay there for days. She hadn't taken a bath. She hadn't washed. She hadn't cleaned herself. She had cut all, she had shut all the curtains, and she was just in a, a very deep state of depression. And some ladies in our church said, we're going to have to do an intervention. She's going to die if we don't. She's, her mind is going to be so far gone, she'll never be able to find her way back. Her body is going to be so, so ravaged from this. And they decided that they would do an intervention. They went over on a Sunday morning. And they went into this lady's house and opened her bedroom door. They threw open the curtains and let some light in the room. And they put her in the shower. And they said, you're going to take a shower. We're going to go to church. No, I'm not. I'm not. Yes, you are. We're going to carry you. Sometimes you got to take the roof off the house and let the lame man down. Sometimes you can't, you can't blame the lame man for being lame. you got to help him get in the water. you got to help them get there. No, we're going to take you to church. We're going to carry you to church. And if you don't get in the bathtub, we're going to get in there with you and give you a bath. We're intervening. We, this cannot go on another day. So they got her cleaned up. And I'll never forget that Sunday morning. I didn't even realize that she was there. I knew the whole story, but I did not know that these ladies had gone in and intervened. She was sitting in the very back of the church, and there was a lot of people there that morning. And, and uh, I can just tell you that I had no idea that she was there, and these ladies were with her. And I'd preached a sermon. I don't even remember what I preached. But when the sermon was over, I gave an altar call. And, and people were coming up for prayer, and I saw this lady. She wasn't going to move, and these women picked her up. They said, no, we brought you this far. We're taking you all the way to the feet of Jesus. We, we came to your house. We got you dressed. We put you in the car. You have heard the word. It is time to be free. And I'll never forget when I saw these women carrying this woman, literally carrying her on their shoulders down the aisle. This woman was so weak, she couldn't even walk anymore. I mean, she could barely, she looked like she was, looked like they had raised her up from a wheelchair because she, she had no strength in her body, and she, they, she was dragging her feet up the aisle. And these, these women around there, they were praying and speaking in tongues, and they had picked her up, and they were going to bring her to the feet of Jesus. And honestly, I was getting ready for a big prayer because I did not know what was about to happen. And I saw that woman so broken and so depressed, and I knew the story, and I was, I was ready to, God, give me something to say. You know how it is when you feel like you're, you're responsible for a moment that only God is responsible for, but you make yourself responsible for it when you never were? Did that make sense? To every preacher, it just did. I promise you that. To every prayer warrior, it made sense. You make yourself responsible for something that's so far out of your league, you could never, you could never be responsible for that. But I didn't know what God was going to do, and I didn't know who he was going to use, but I saw them bring this woman down the aisle, and she got right about to where the benches uh, come into this open space, to the altar space. And when she did, that woman threw her head back and began to laugh uncontrollably. She started laughing and laughing and laughing. These women who were crying are now laughing. 
I, I start laughing. I'm not even, I mean, I'm not even close to her. I'm laughing. Everybody around her, it's like something got on the whole room. Everybody around us started laughing. That lady got loose from those women. She starts dancing. It's agagalio. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same Greek word. She is now jumping up and down. She is going in a circle. She got set free because she got her joy back. Her joy got restored, and she was completely and totally free. She went home. She went back to work the next day. Her sorrows were behind her. Her troubles were over, and the Holy Spirit said, listen, I'm going to give you one song in your heart. I'm going to give you the song of laughter. I'm going to show you what it feels like to see Satan falling from heaven as lightning. I'm going to show you why Jesus jumped. I'm going to show you why Jesus jumped up and down and laughed when they said, we cast out the demons. Can I tell you, when oppression has got you down and depression has got you down and you come into the presence of God, he can send an anointing upon you that restores your joy and breaks every yoke of bondage off of your life. Hallelujah. Give God praise in his house tonight. I am praying that the spirit of joy comes over God's people. I mean, that's a part of my prayer. I'm saying, Lord, I'm tired of seeing Christians defeated. I'm tired of seeing them down in the dumps. I'm tired of the woe is me song. I'm tired of the bad news all the time. I know that, yes, this world is in chaos, but I also know that God is still on the throne. He is high and lifted up. His train still fills the temple. The angels are still crying holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. And if the whole earth is full of his glory, why can't you be full of his glory? Why can't I be full of his glory? If the whole earth is filled with his glory, then the joy of the Lord can come back upon God's people in the midst of bad politics, in the midst of bad banking, in the midst of war, in the midst of crises. God is still our hope. God is still our strength. We don't have to wait until happiness comes. Happiness depends upon happenings. If it never happens, you can still have joy in his presence. If it never happens, you can still have joy in the Holy Ghost. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.